What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy News Beat Stand-Up here on this gorgeous Monday, May 8th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how was your weekend? Yeah, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Abilene, Texas, West Texas. You gotta love West Texas. You got to love it, even though it is warming by a tenth of a degree every decade. So I hope you stayed cool this weekend. (laughs) I love it hot, dude. No, you you do prefer it hot. Um, We hope everybody who's listening had a great weekend. We have an excellent show for you lined up. Absolutely stacked, guys. First article, dark side to solar. More reports tie panel production to toxic pollution. Stu will cover what's going on in the solar um, pollution area. Next up, why OPEC is increasingly frustrated with the IEA. Join the line OPEC. They're finally coming around um, to the IEA. Sucks. Stu will cover um, what's bothering OPEC um, with the IPA. Next up, copper mine flashes warnings of huge crisis for world supply. This is not good. Stu will dive into that. Just specifically picked out for me next up, kill the whales. On Friday, Joe Biden signed an executive order directing all federal agencies to work towards environmental justice for all. Stu will cover um, how that means we are going to kill all the whales. Um, And then quickly, we will cover Alaska truck driver fleets promise up $150,000 per year um, in terms of a salary amid drilling boom. You know, this is one of the positive externalities of inviting drilling into your area is they brings in a lot of high paying jobs and you don't necessarily need to be have, you know, 12 years of college under your belt. You just need your CDL. So this is Stu will dive into what's going on um, with Alaska truck driver size. And then finally, this one hits close to home. Demand for electricity in Texas will exceed supply this summer. Done, done, done. Better stock up, I guess. Stu will kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover what's going on in the uh, oil and gas finance markets. Um, lots of earnings. I you know, highly recommend you guys check out energynewsbeat.com um, category earnings. You can do it up at the top toolbar or just in the search bar type earnings. We've got like 10 companies who dropped earnings. We're not going to be able to cover them all. I'll get to one Northern oil and gas because Stu and I personally just love their business model. I'll cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets. We're back up to about 7132 after seeing, you know, last week weekly lows under 66 for a bit, give an idea of what's what to look for this week. It's it's pretty spicy. Nat- natural gas about $2.11 as we record this this afternoon. Um here on the 7th, we will get to all that and a bag of chips here guys, but first, as always, these stories are brought to you by the world's greatest website www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your Energy News Stu does a great job of curating. As I mentioned, in this busy earnings season, we've got categories for everything. Earnings. I mean, I'll just run through. We've got downstream, EMP, energy crisis, energy policy, EIA news, grid, midstream, offshore, upstream, international, EU, geopolitical, OPEC, OPEC plus Russia, Saudi Arabia, UK, Ukraine. And that's only half of all of the different um, categories that you can search. So I would recommend going to our website, uh, searching by any category. You need great way to navigate the website. You can also see all of the stories you're about to hear in the description below. Our team does a great job of curating that and make sure that everything's there. I noticed they're doing a great job of putting the timestamps in there. So keep it up, guys. That's awesome. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your data and news combo. Get it while you still can. You never know when that might go behind some sort of subscription paywall. So, so be on the lookout there, guys. 
Um, I'm out of breath, though, Stu. Let's kick this off. Where do you want to begin? Hey, what a great job there, Michael. Hey, uh, the first one coming around the corner, Dark Side of Solar, more reports tie panel production to toxic pollution. Energy hypocrisy is real and is on the top of the list of hostile opposing forces to humanity worldwide. Um, there's a great quote in there. That's part of the quote from this guy. Let's see here. It is energy hypocrisy is real. And it's on top of the list of the hostile opposing forces to humanity worldwide. Stu Turley. I wonder who that guy is. All right. This article is actually from Michael Schellenberger. I love me some Michael Schellenberger. Love Michael Schellenberger. Great guy. I listen to his podcast all the time. Didn't he run for governor of California? Kind of. He, he did. And he even said he'd come on our podcast. Uh, and then he, he got into the run for governor and he's like ghosted me. I had his book. Uh, it was a good book. And I was going to get Sam, him. He wrote San Francisco, which is a real interesting book. And then what's the other one? Um, this one I have it. I, 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 I have it on I my have audible. It. Yeah, I have it. And uh, I was but whatever. Okay, let's let's go ahead. Okay. Solar panels. I love me some solar. I love me some wind, but let's do the lowest cost kilowatt per hour. Let's go into this here right now. Conventional wisdom today holds that the world will quadruple the number of solar panels in the world over the next decade. And that's not even taking into consideration the impact of possible new regulations and incentives launched by the green friendly Biden administration, said Atsau uh, Wasson love and Duran Wright in the HBR. Okay, the volume of solar panels will destroy the economics of solar, even with the subsidies, they say, by 2035. Here's how. The pollutants that are in solar panels, there is no plan to recycle. So if you are truly lover of the planet, which I am, I love me some planet. I happen to live on it. You've got to recycle the, the, the solar panels, Michael. And if you can't recycle them, these things go into waste and cause more damage than any oil ever thought of doing. Well, it. because we just ship our trash overseas and it's out of sight, out of mind. Oh, you know, it's, oh no. it, it, we, it, no. it's, this is going into landfills around the U.S. This True, is, but this but, is in but, your backyard. Oh, a thousand percent. But most of our trash gets shipped overseas. That's true. Like Africa is the dumping ground of the world. China dumps all of its trash into Africa. We yeah. send a lot of our electronics to old electronics to China, which end up. So what I'm saying is, yes, this is being this stuff's being recycled, not recycled. It's just being sent elsewhere, which is horrible. Right. I thought this paragraph was interesting in this article. A new major study on the economics of solar that was published in the Harvard Business Review, the Harvard right. Business Review, okay, finds that waste produced by solar panels will make electricity from solar panels four times more expensive um, than the world's leading energy analyst thought. Quote, here's a quote from that. The economics of solar, this is by Atle Atus and Luke von Wassenhoek. If you don't think those guys are smart, I can't help you. They're the Institute European Administration, but for what? One of the leading European business schools. I don't even know what that means. And some dude from University of Calgary said, the economics of solar will quickly darken as the industry sinks under the weight of its own trash. And uh, wind is just as bad. True. But I think that's, I mean, 
in this specific case, I found that one of the most compelling paragraphs in this article, if only because, you know, you know, it goes on to say the volume of solar panel waste will destroy the economics of solar. Even with the subsidies, they say by 2035, discarded panels will outweigh new units sold by 2.56 times. In turn, this would catapult the leverage cost of energy, the LOC, which everybody talks about, to four times the current projection. Another key uh, thing in here in this article, Michael, the HBR authors um, who are business school professors looked at the economics from the point of view of the consumer or customer and past trends and calculated that customers would replace the panels far sooner than every 30 years. My calculations are coming in on wind farms. I haven't even done solar yet around that eight year mark. And I've been validated. I've been validated, as we say here in Texas, validated the the stew number. Eight years, baby. Stew calculation. Hey, uh, and they only come net zero on wind farms around mm, 10 years on carbon net zero. No kidding. What's next? Okay, let's go to the next one. I love me an OPEC story and why OPEC is increasingly frustrated with the IEA. First, the EU and the IEA need to be thrown out, just dissolve, blow them up. I mean, excuse me, figuratively, just wipe them off the face of the earth figuratively and disband them. Okay, where we have uh, been tensions between the OPEC and the IEA for a very long time, the IEA, Michael, has been uh, in bold, aggressively pushing for a global energy transition, a position that OPEC believes is dangerous and ignores the data that shows that more oil will be needed. Um, Michael, you know I have a a lot of responsibility for the Saudi Arabian people. I I mean, the the Saudi Arabian leadership, they are going down the renewable path with caution. They're putting money behind it. They're taking the profits from the oil that is much needed, but they're doing uh, uh, hydrogen. They're taking their time and they're thinking past the next election cycle. They're actually doing it very nicely. Saudi Arabia happens to be the whole controlling part of OPEC. I mean, there's a pretty crazy back and forth going on with OPEC and the IEA. I mean, last week you've got IEA's director, um, the executive director on 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 record saying OPEC should be, quote, very careful about raising oil prices, saying this would provide a, quote, additional boost to the global energy transition away from fossil fuels. And then the OPEC secretary comes out and says, no, 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 that the finger pointing and misrepresenting the actions of OPEC and OPEC plus were, quote, counterproductive. You've got much longer quote down here. He says, quote, the IEA knows very well that there is a confluence of factors that impact the market, a knock-on effect of COVID-19, monetary policy, stock moves, algorithmic trading, commodity trading advisors, SBR releases, coordinated or uncoordinated geopolitics, to name a few. And blaming oil for higher inflation was erroneous and technically inaccurate as there are many other factors causing inflation. That's a firebomb. Oh, look at the next one down, Michael. Uh, Next paragraph. We don't think cuts are advisable at this moment, given market uncertainty. And we have made that clear. Uh, hats off to him. Uh, I love me the leadership there. Yeah, I mean, we're just waiting. Stu's just waiting, waiting to get sponsored by OPEC. Stu's trying to get sponsored by OPEC. Hey, we, OPEC we call plus it like it plus. Is. 
I don't care if it's renewable. I don't care. Let's have the technology. Let's have uh, responsible discussions. I love, you know, ESG. Just let's do it right. Let's not print money. Okay. That segment is brought to you by OPEC Plus. Uh, contact <laughs> OPECplus.org OPEC for all your oil yeah. needs. Last time I talked to an executive over there at uh, Russia's uh, Gazprom, you know, <laughs> He was about to sponsor the show before he was arrested. (laughs) What's next? Copper mine flashes warning of huge crisis for world supply. Uh, Michael, uh, 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 I don't even want to know how I uh, pronounce this one. Oye? Togo. In southern Mongolia, just north of the Chinese border, is key to the Rio's efforts to move beyond its dependence on iron ore and expand in copper. There is a huge crisis, Doug Kerwin, I can pronounce that name, thank goodness, uh, one of our earliest geologists to work at the deposit that became uh, Togo. It's spelled O-Y-U-T-O-L-G-O-I. If any of our listeners know how to say that, please. It, it, it says it, refer, we can refer, we'll refer to it as Turquoise Hill. Uh, well, I can I can't can even say pronounce that. turquoise hills yet. Turquoise Turquoise Hill, named after the area's rock stained by oxidized copper. Quote, there is no way we can supply the amount of copper in the next 10 years to drive the energy transition and carbon as zero. It's not going to happen, adds Kerwin. Now an independent consulting geologist, there's not a just enough copper deposits being found or deployed holy smokes this guy knows what he's talking about yeah i think it's interesting you know the, in the next paragraph down they they mentioned a wood mckenzie estimate um that said we're going to be six million tons of copper short by the next decade meaning we would need 12 more turquoise hills in order to come online within that period it takes wow. five years to turn mines online it's not going to happen you know it's it's really tough to get new mines. It you know you know Bloomberg NFE estimates that appetite for refined copper will grow by fifty three percent by twenty forty, but mine supply will only climb by sixteen percent. You know what that means? Copper prices. Whoop, whoop, and you know what the that means? You know what that means? All the uh, supply chain for uh, everything, even updating to the grid, updating to anything, electricity, energy is going to become more and more expensive. So we got to cut costs where we can. And I know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, you you already see companies getting in to copper. Newmont had a record bid for Newcrest Mining, which is an Australian peer um, gold mining, but also has a large copper portfolio. The HP Group just competed its acquisition of OZ or of Oz Minerals, which is a copper producer and one of their largest in decades. They, the M&A is moving towards mine in the mining space, moving towards copper in a big way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, What's next? My, look at this. Look at this one, Michael. Kill the whales. Okay, Michael, you and I have been having some discussions. You just don't care about the whales. Uh, me, I love me some whales. I'm a humanitarian. I care about people. You, heartless to the core. All you do is you care about finances and making money. And me, I'm over here going green is good, but let's finance it properly. There's a, on the energy news beat, I love this picture. There's a, a, a sniper scope uh, pointed at a whale fluke. I, I just got really tickled at this one. It was authored by James Rickard uh, uh, via the Daily Reckoning. This came in on one of our feeds that we pay for. 
And this one says, on Friday morning, Joe Biden signed an executive order directing every federal agency to work towards environmental justice for all. If the future of the planet is on the line, then you can justify whatever extreme measure you want to enact. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm getting really tired of this when we can't even have a discussion. Here are the facts. They got it backward. I love the way he uh, phrased it. There's a slight warming trend from 1985 to around 2005, although there's nothing unusual. Since 2005, there's been a slight cooling trend. But again, that's not unusual. Okay, let's leave climate change off off this discussion. Let's talk about wind farm and the damage that we are doing to children. I know that you don't like abusing children, Michael. I, I you, you relate to them. At the mall, they all come up to you. Michael, they come up to you because you're the same height. They love you, okay? So you've got to put into your mind the copper mines. The kids have to be listened to, Michael. Go champion them. Please, Michael, I implore you, save the whales and the children. Michael, for our podcast listeners, I'm begging Michael to just change his ways. No, I, I <laughs> that was good, actually. Um, I am with you on. I think wind is a bad investment, even from a finance perspective. I don't right. think, you know, talking about leverage cost of energy, talking about the recycling game, talking about some of the negative second order of effects that happen from this. My only thing is if a few whales die, I'm cool with it. That's really all my, that's all it is. That's all I've been saying this whole time. Oil saved them the first time when we, we, now wind's going to kill them. Wind's going to kill them them again. And oil and natural gas are going (laughs) to save them this time. It's a good point. Actually, they're going to have to save them twice. What's next? Sorry, but Michael. Thank you for standing up for the children. I know that uh, Mama Tanner is going to be all over and proud of you now. Yep, absolutely. She's not going to quit. She's going to quit calling me and telling me bad things. All right. No kidding. Alaskan. I love me Alaska. You know that. Been up there. Love it. Uh, Alaskan trucking fleets promise 150K driver salary amid drilling boom. This was up on the North Slope and uh, at the head of the uh, Keystone Pipeline. I mean, not the Keystone, the uh, Alley. Esca pipeline. I was just daydreaming about the Biden administration killing off the Keystone. Uh, Six-figure salaries for Alaskan truck drivers, but the job isn't for everyone. Oh my! Um, you got to be tough. I mean, uh, it it is a tough one. But Michael, if I had to do it over again, I would have either gone into the army or I would have gone to be an Alaskan uh, truck driver rather than go to college. I should not have gone mm-hmm. to college. Uh, their driver compensation went up 11% each round trip to Fairbanks and Prudhoe Bay pays around 1,500 drivers can expect to make a hundred to 115 trips to Prudhoe Bay. This means that Alaska West express drivers can earn around 150 to 170 K in addition to benefits. They actually, when I was working with the Alaska pipeline, uh, groups, uh, selling technology up there. They'd pay. They had to pay expenses. They had to put you up in bunks. Man, if you're a young buck and you want to make some serious coin, that's how you do it. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you can make a lot of money working some very tedious, tedious, dangerous, but necessary jobs in the oil and gas business. And we need those people. Obviously, 
as you know, you know, they specifically mentioned this ConocoPhillips Willow project, you know, that's going to bring economic development to wherever it comes. And I think that's that's one of the positive second order effects of any type of capital spending. Yes, even wind farms are going to have a positive effect if they do initiate jobs at some level. It's not all yeah. bad, but but gonna, when you talk about sustainable, when you talk about sustainable jobs, when you talk about then things that are going to help move forward, obviously we prefer the investment go more um, into the natural gas, which is this is exactly what this Willow project is, is much more of a natural gas play. There's a huge natural gas field on top of this. So I think increasing specifically the United States, our natural gas production and continuing to make sure that we can completely insource that from ourselves is, is, is gain. But you love to see this. Oh, absolutely, Michael. And um Love Freight Waves too. This is an article by Freight Waves. They're a great website. It's really great information on trucking. Yes. Uh, we love them. We love our truckers. We love our oil field guys. Last story here. Demand uh, for electricity <laughs> will exceed summer supply. Uh, Michael, if you're wearing a fur coat all the time, you are absolutely going to be miserable like my beloved dogs. Uh, they're going to absolutely be miserable. I know you know some folks that wear fur coats for a living. I model them, by the way. Um, we're going to cover this later because I've got some more things that are going to happen with ERCOT later in the week. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it back. Back over to you because the producer's giving me the hook here saying we've gone too long. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not good. Basically, what they're saying is <laughs> I mean, look, listen to what they're saying, Stu. They're saying that this summer, especially on a hot day when the sun sets and it's not windy, Texans may be asked to conserve. That happened 12 times last summer. I'm gonna die. Yes, you are. I'm How's that fur coat going for you? I mean, I'm going to need to shave probably. I'm going to probably have to go through like weekly shavings. Right. Pretty bad when your dog Sandy goes, uh, man, dude, I'm feeling sorry for you. Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> the one feeling sorry for me. All right. Thank you, Michael. It's off to you now. Yeah, I mean, we've we've got a quick segment here. I think it's important to cover what's going on in 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 for oil and gas prices. We're currently at seventy one thirty two for for oil, and I mean, after seeing a increase on Friday, we still cap our third week uh, weekly fall mainly just off F economic woes. Again, we saw basis uh, Jerome Powell come out and increase um, the Fed funds rate to uh, five to five and a quarter uh, from guidance. Not sure what's going to happen with that number going forward. But again, as the U.S. economy goes, so will oil prices. Um, as far as an outlook on what's happening with oil prices this week, I think it's continued to be volatile. I don't think we're going to see below 70 much, but I don't think I'd be shocked if I see us at 80 anytime soon. But again, I tend to play it a little more pessimistic than most people. Um, natural gas continues um, to, to, to hover at that $2.10 mark, $2.20 mark. Stu, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, I mean, from, from a natural gas perspective, you know, this is much more obviously in the short term, we're going to continue to see volatility. Do you see natural gas in a very prolonged bearish cycle, or do you see it as this sort of a, 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 a chasm that we're about to climb out of, and we're going to see four five, six dollars natural gas here come, you know, say end of the year. Uh, I think we're in a long-term little bit of a bear defined by a year. Um, I think natural gas is a very, very good long-term play. And I think it's because uh, we're going to need it uh, more. Uh, however, uh, let's say uh, if you're planning on LNG exports to help make up for some of that bandwidth, it takes two years to bring on a, a permanent administration. Uh, if the administration wanted to save the way, I mean, excuse me, save the Europeans, it would be uh, a different story. If the Northeast would put in pipelines, it'd be a different story. If we would move and, and the, you know what, the uh, 
EIA, the U.S. version of the IEA, basically said that the reason our smog and pollution has gone down is because of large amounts of coal plants being Mm. retired and moving to natural gas. So in order to move to natural gas, which would help the environment, help jobs, energy security, uh, two years. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. I don't think we're going to be able to turn much of that stuff on. So I tend to agree with what you're saying. We also saw rig counts drop on Friday. We had a negative seven drop. You know, we were last week, we were above 750. This week, we check in at 748 um, rigs. That's still up 43 from last year. Um, we saw no change um, in the uh, Canadian market. And we saw 17 at- rigs added um, in the international market. All those numbers are courtesy of Baker Hughes. I think the only other thing, as I mentioned in the in the early, in the opening segment, go to our website, guys, check out the category earnings. We had like 10 companies drop earnings. I mean, you can go see what um, we've got Crescent Point, we've got Baytex, we've got EOG, we've got Interplus, we've got Sandwich, we've got Cotera, we've got ConocoPhillips, um, we've got and Shell. All those just dropped on a Friday. I would highly recommend go check Thursday and Friday. Go check out our website. You'll be able to see all of those. We wanted to highlight specifically Northern Oil and Gas because Stu and I, from a non-op perspective, really like what Northern's doing. And when I mean non-op, I mean they are not operators. They have a really small, lean team and they invest non-op, which means, yes, they are working interest owners. And good management. Good Good management, management. but they don't necessarily, all they do is they're just managing the assets from a non-operated interest standpoint. They had a RET, they had a Record adjusted EBITDA, $325 million. Obviously, that's non-GAAP, so we'd have to read the fine print on that. Um, Record quarterly production, about 87,000 BOE per day. That's 62% oil, an increase of 23% from the first quarter of last year. $83 million of free cash flow, despite increased development activity and volatility in commodity prices. Um, They closed an acquisition of 39.9% non-operated working interest in a project um, out there in the Permian Basin for $319 million, which is absolutely crazy. Great for... uh, um, great for them. They declared a dividend of 34 cents per common share, an increase in 13% from fourth quarter, and declared a 37% common dividend for the second quarter of 2023, representing a 9% increase in the first quarter. Repurchased 9 million shares and retired about 19 million of eight and a half or eight and a quarter senior notes and increased their repurchase authorization for their senior notes by 100 million. All around good news for Northern. They continue to chug along, Stu. Non op continues to win, in my opinion. As long as they got good management, you can get slaughtered uh, if you have bad management. Yes, you can. Do anything they need to be watching out for this week. Uh, it's going to be pretty crazy. I just want to give a shout out to all of our fans that are listening out there. It is just crazy how popular the show is, Michael. And the feedback I'm getting is that you're always doing a fantastic job. So thank you and save the whales and the kids. Thank you very much. I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm sure they're <laughs> lying to you. But we appreciate it, guys. We're going to let you get out of here. Hope you have a great week for Stuart Turley. I'm Michael Tanner. World's greatest website, guys. EnergyNewsBeat.com. We'll see you tomorrow. 